Hey everybody, welcome to episode 114 of For the Love of Guns. This is the podcast about the people, the products, and the priorities of the firearms culture. Thanks for joining Team Bands today as we talk to Joe from Pristine Actions. Pristine Actions, it's not a very old company. I mean, it's a really new company, but they've got an amazing product, and I think you're really going to love this podcast. But before we talk to Joe, it is time to pay the bills, and this episode is brought to you by Falco Holsters. Look, Falco Holsters has a mission. Give you a quality holster that's handmade without breaking the bank. These things are super cool, and that's why I like Falco holsters, and I use them in my everyday carry. Go check out Falco holsters, because they can make a holster for any gun, every budget, without sacrificing quality. When you go to checkout, use the code BANSHEE to save yourself 10%. Now, this episode is also brought to you by Ammo Square, because, well, if we're going to have that gun, we need to feed it something. And why not use an online digital platform that can manage everything? You can store all your ammo there in a secured facility that's insured. And not only are you storing that ammo and it's insured, but you're also giving yourself some assurance. Yeah, we're going to use ammo as a hedge against inflation. Because it is a metal. It's also a consumable. I mean, think about the price of primers. I mean, go back a few years ago, primers were like, what, $35 a thousand, I believe it was. Now they're like $75 a thousand on sale. Go check out Ammo Squared. I have a link down below. Now with the bills paid, it's time to talk to Joe. Joe, tell me about your love of guns. Yeah, my name is Joe. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. Really excited to be on this podcast. Uh, Right now, I'm the business development manager at Pristine Technologies. So we design, manufacture, and sell custom bolt-action receivers. That's been awesome. I'm Canadian. Grew up in Chilliwack. Grew up hunting, um, fishing, lots of shooting. Never really got into the custom rifle world till recently but really enjoying the rifle matches, the competitive side of it, and just being part of this culture. Um, yeah, a little bit more about me, I guess. I'm I'm a <laughs> husband. That's the pri- best thing. Father, got awesome. two kids. Yeah. Um, Good deal. I'm actually an ordained reverend, so that's kind of random. But oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That is awesome. It's, it's funny because I think you will be the first person, at least that has admitted to it, that is an ordained reverend on the show. Okay. Well, <laughs> so you got to be the first. You say, I you could, see, we could marry right somebody you... right now if you want. Like we could we could do a marriage, a ceremony. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> so you're already bringing more class to the show than, than we probably deserve right there. <laughs> so what's so funny is that you, you got into, was it because of going to Pristine that you started working with custom guns or... Did you kind of start going that way and then yeah. go into Pristine? That's a that's a great question. I, I would say, if I'm honest, it was a little bit apprehensive about modular, um, sort of military-looking, like what they call in Canada, scary guns. Um, didn't really understand the, the, the background behind it or what that was for, although... I have, I have a community of people who like to play airsoft and like mill sims and that kind of stuff, which is, which is pretty fun. But I always kind of lean towards are those guns um, 
are they comp are they good guns like are they efficient competent reliable um accurate and i guess historically i don't know if this is true but historically that maybe wasn't always the case factory always kind of had a had an edge on that but obviously recently um the past you know i don't know 20 years or whatever it is since people started doing remington 700 clones getting into more modular um units what they kind of coined gun lego things have just amplified immensely and now factory just doesn't even have a doesn't even have a they're not even in the game although they're trying right yeah <laughs> yeah well yeah. It, it's so funny because you know the remington 700 has been around for so long oh yeah and what what's so funny is you know whether you like remington or you hate remington or what year remington was like a good company versus a bad company right um it, it's so funny when you think about the 700 and then like a lot of guns that as they get older more players come into the market and then really starts driving the engineering of the gun right yeah so we start we start changing things around sure. and that's what was really cool about uh about pristine um it's kind of it's like a hybrid it's not like a true 700 i mean it's modeled after the 700 but right you guys have like let's grab was it the extractor from seiko right yep. and then let's put a dual ejector into it which yep. you know we're starting to see now in some of the the 308 ars mm -hmm. and then um you know you you guys have really started driving that change where it's like this is you know, I I remember talking to somebody. It was aftershot and talking about pristine, and they're like, "I was like, hey, this thing is really cool. I got to play with this." And and they're like, "But why is it twelve hundred dollars? Like, it's a seven hundred action, <laughs> right. right?" Right. I was like, "It it's it's modeled after the seven hundred, but it's not really a seven hundred action. It's not like you can take a bolt from a seven hundred, pop it into your action, and go." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you, so, you got to give a lot of all the credence is due to rifle builders and gunsmiths, right? They're, they're paving the way they're like hands-on understanding the concepts behind even the Remington 700. But what's fascinating um, is just how much work a rifle builder has to put into the average Remington 700 action, whether that be truing or accurizing. So again, most of that shift into like the custom action world and we're just we're in the mix like um there have been trailblazers right like defiance and these other companies that have just yep. basically taken what they call kind of the remington 700 clone and just made it so much more precise so much more accurate so much more um true and uh, attention to detail everything is it's mitigating so much work for the gunsmith so if you actually weigh the costs, there is, uh, there is there's an argument to be made for the cost benefit analysis, just time wise, buying a 700 versus a custom action. <laughs> yeah, because I mean that's the whole thing. So you, you know you you go out and buy your stock 700, which I don't know. I think the last thing I looked was like like fully built out was like 600 bucks, maybe five or 600 dollars. Yeah, um, not very expensive, but then looking at what everybody does. So I used to be a gun dealer here in Montana. Uh, okay. You know, I was a gun dealer for 10 years. 
you know, seeing these rifles come through and then it's, you know, so I'd have some people like, Hey, can I rebarrel this? You know, I, I don't like the barrel, you know, the stock barrels kind of not that great. Um, and it, it was so funny watching some of these people because I originally grew up on the East coast I grew up yep. just outside of Philadelphia hunting as a kid in Pennsylvania, a hundred yards is a long shot for us because oh, yeah. at, like 101 yards is a house. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, at a hundred yards, we were like seriously thinking about our shots. Yeah. And then when I moved to Montana in 2000, I started hearing about people shooting elk at like six and 700 yards. That's like, that was like mind boggling to me. Yeah. And then you start looking at the guns that they're doing this with. Yeah. There's some stock guns, but most of these hunters have had some work done to their guns. Oh yeah. Because you know, you start talking about that type of distance. I mean, you know, a millimeter is, you know, could be feet. Oh, at yeah. That point. Yeah. Yeah. Your environmentals, your just the variables, it becomes really difficult to mitigate all those variables when the distances become that long. And that's why for hunters, it's always been an interesting concept of like, what is the ethical long shot? Um, you know, a lot of hunters may say they've made <laughs> that 600 yeah. yard shot, but really was it, did they actually dope that shot? You know, if you ask them, they're like, Nope, I just pointed and got it. It's like, okay, it sounds extremely yeah. lucky. Um, and in Canada, there's, despite all the things, problems we have when it comes to gun laws, um, <laughs> which we won't get into. We, we, we do have actually, that's another quite, podcast. It's another podcast. We do have <laughs> quite a bit of respect for just the, the, the legacy of hunting. And, and that's simply just because of what you just um, alluded to just the geography, right? We have so, I mean, we have only 34 million people and a landmass that's like, it's bigger than the United States. So yeah, it's, it's we, huge. It's a lot. <laughs> And it's a lot, a lot of, of wilderness in there. It's yeah, it's very open. Although a lot of the hunting is done in like denser areas. You're you're thinking about 100 to basically 300 yards, the average um, hunting kill shot. But yeah, people are starting to push much further, and they are looking at companies like Gunworks, um, Bergera, Fierce. Um, you know, Tikas are amazing, but again there's there's a shift over towards custom um even in the yeah. hunting world well especially in the hunting world so yeah what well, and it's kind of funny because we we start thinking about high accuracy we typically think you know um precision long-range shooting you know prs shooting and and all the long-range competitions yeah. but that's a, yes a lot of a lot of stuff is figured out in competition right because that's kind of yeah. the proving ground of some things yeah, but a lot of those things are starting to flow down into the hunting world, 100%. where you have some of these some of these hunting rifles. I mean, um, was it um, um, Benelli came out with the Lupo? Yeah, very high high accuracy hunting rifle. It's not a it's not a precision shooting rifle. It's a, it's just a, a really accurate hunting rifle. Yeah, but then you start thinking about well, okay, that's great, but what if we we all have this action the 700 action it's i mean really it's been around forever i mean the military's yeah. use it for for their stuff 
it's oh, a yeah. great platform to build off of. Yeah. Um, so let's start working on coming out with an action. Okay. Well, you guys don't, you know, people don't like, you know, your follow-up shots with a bolt action. You know, you got, you got to roll it up, pull it back, all that stuff. Whereas you guys have a 90 degree action. So it's a really quick, you know, up and yeah. back and back into place. Yeah. I mean, arguably we're not actually on, not to undersell us, but most guys, and especially for your listeners are probably thinking 90 degrees, like why um, the big kind of move right now. And what's, what's hot on a lot of actions is 60 degree. So it's yeah. basically, you're not lifting up hardly at all. Um, it's three lugs and that's how you get that 60 degree lift. Um, but we can get into the details of our action, but there was, there was a specific reason we went with 90 degrees. And I think most of our users will find, um, we're talking in seconds do matter, but we are talking a matter of seconds and there's some trade-offs. Um, it's not as simple as, um, just it being faster because sometimes 60 degrees does not feel smooth. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. it might. In theory, you're obviously moving it up less. Um, it still has to come back the same amount. But yeah, just because you're lifting up a little bit more does not necessarily mean it's going to be all of a sudden terribly, like incredibly more bumpy. And that's, again, where Pristine Technologies really focused in how to make a very smooth action. Um, and like we were chatting about earlier, like a lot of people have actually alluded to, this is incredibly smooth. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, because that's the thing with, with a smooth action, you know, we're so used to the old, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 51. So, you know, I know rifles that are, you know, my uncles and my and, and family have hunted with are from, you know, the fifties. Yeah. You know, yeah. a bolt action from back then, you're grabbing onto that bolt. <laughs> yeah. Right. I yeah, mean, yeah. you're you're putting some muscle into it, whereas yeah. you know, like the pristine action, you can you can just kind of like move your hand and yeah. manipulate the control. Yeah, yeah, like we we don't we actually try to tell people like you sh it should be more finesse than anything else, not like not pounding yeah. back, which is I mean, you can do that, like in most uh, training facilities, um, you know, intentional direct action of cycling especially if you have a a mechanical extractor i mean you have to the harder you throw that thing back the the more extraction you're going to get which is not we have a seiko extractor so we don't have to worry about that but yeah there's a there's a lot of training and just like how they're taught as kids it's just passed on information um put a ton of force into that is what they think um yeah, we've we've somewhat navigated away from that. We still believe in intentional movements, um, but you just don't have to put as much force into it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's kind of the 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 thing about that is, um, you know, it, the first time I played with the action, you know, in in the booth there, I I grabbed onto it like I'm grabbing on, you know, I, I'm going to do yeah. I'm going to do a curl with this thing, right? Right, right. And I'm like. I grabbed onto it, and just about the time I got my hand wrapped around it, it was already unlocked. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, oh wow, uh, yeah. that that's different, right? Yeah. And then just 
I, I remember just sitting there in the booth talking to you guys, and that's all I'm doing is just playing with the action <laughs> as I'm talking. Yeah, because I'm just like, this is this is the smoothest action that I've ever come up that I've ever come across, and um, that was just so amazing to me, and I, I really wish. I, I had a chance to shoot it at shot at range day. Yeah. Um, but well, uh, shot we're, well, we're closer to shot now than we were. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, so funny. Yeah. We're closer to we're the next the shot side. than we are the last. Yeah. 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 Our um, lives are situated around shot show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's one thing you were talking about is some people are doing the three lug. You guys have a, a six lug system yeah. with yours. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think I just like take everything I say to your listeners as I think what I can offer here is sort of fresh eyes to the industry. I do not have like that legacy um, kind of been gunsmithing for 20 years or anything like that. Sure. I just have kind of a uh, fast learner um, observing really quickly, but I, I really, as like just on a personal level, love to honor sort of, who who have come before us so talking about the remington 700 obviously like it's it's one thing to speak negatively about sort of the you know sort of the miss the things that have happened to that action the things that people struggle with with that action but really they've paved the way right so we're all the technologies that we're bringing in with our action um such as looking at weatherby so they they did a six lug for their short action and a nine lug for their magnum action um we saw that as like okay this is this is interesting you have a you know an action receiver that's basically bored out with no wire edm right you can actually see straight through it like there's no there's no tracks or anything oh yeah yeah so that that was part of like how smooth can we potentially get this action and then again we didn't invent this but there's most most actions you know cock on open um but it's just the cocking mechanism is typically steel sliding into like a steel notch we added a rolling uh bearing it, it, we call it a rolling cocking mechanism but it looks basically like a bearing and that's also what makes it like so easy just to push up and cycle um, makes it incredibly smooth really easy to go in and out and then mixing that with the floating bolt head um, we just found we were we were onto something in the research and development stage of this so i mean i can just go over like all the interesting things yeah, well, i guess I've, I've already gone over most of them but like another thing yeah. is tika so like the um butterfly handle so we took that as um basically trying to create a way so the internal bolt mechanism can all be really sturdy and all one piece but modular so if people wanted to basically change out the bolt head all they had to do was take out the handle um do a couple things push this pin out and yeah you can go from 308 to 223 in a matter of you know 15 minutes if you knew what you were doing um obviously changing the barrel as well so that's why we again speaking of like companies and industry standards that have 
sort of change the game, we went with like the Savage pre-fit barrel nut system. So yeah, lots of opinions is, about all those things, which is really well, fun in this industry. Was, Everybody has opinions, but <laughs> it's kind of yeah. nice about the Savage, right? Because with with a you know with a typical 700 action, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna if I'm gonna run up a, you know a regular ba- a barrel onto it, right? It's gonna it's got a shoulder on it. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run that thing up. Um, I'm gonna torque my barrel, and then I'm going to you know my chamber is probably undersized, right? Yeah. Depending on the depending on the barrel you get, right? Uh, more than likely, it's gonna be undersized. So now I'm gonna have to bring that barrel out. Mm-hmm. So that way, you know, I have my my you know my bullet goes into the chamber that's the nice thing about the savage is is basically you screw the barrel on you put it you put your headspace gauge in close it yeah. run your barrel up to your headspace gauge clamp it down eject you're done yeah i mean yeah yeah it, if you wanted to change you know if you're at a hunting camp and you wanted to change calibers yeah you could do it right there yeah and as long as you as long as you could sight the rifle in that night you're hunting with a new caliber the next day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still struggling to see a ton of practicality behind it other than ammo savings, <laughs> like saving money, on, yeah, it's... you know, like practicing on two, two, three, and then moving up to three Oh eight. But there is some, um, there's obviously some practical aspects to it. Um, even in like, we've had a couple military guys say there are some like military situations where it could be considered practical to have multiple um chamberings on one rifle yeah but yeah it's yeah you have that option though that's the that's the thing that's the nice thing about that is you have a you have a bolt that you can change really easy yeah with a barrel system you can change really easy i mean yeah that's the thing that we're kind of coming into you know, modern gun owners want to change their guns, whether it's a pistol or rifle, they want to change their guns. They want to do this. If they're an AR shooter, they're going to put a free float tube on it. And, you know, they're going to free float that thing. And then they're going to hang everything. If they could, I swear, if somebody could hang a cappuccino machine on an AR, <laughs> they would do it. Right. Probably. Um, you know, when we go into pistols, the, the pistols, people are like, well, I don't want this. I want a ported barrel. I want, you know, yeah. they, they start going through this stuff. People want to be able to do things themselves. It's, it, we're now into the age where there's so much information yeah. and it's so easy to do. Yeah. We don't need to go to the gunsmith to get a custom gun anymore. We can make yeah. that custom gun. Yeah. Or we can start with something that somebody else built and then tweak it yeah. and change things out. I find it a bit of, it's a bit of a conflicting industry. And I think we're just trying to em- embrace that tension of like what they've sort of coined as like kitchen table gunsmithing or gun Lego. Yep. It's like on one side, but on the other side, you have um, gunsmiths and custom rifle builders. And now if you ask a, like a custom rifle builder, does a savage prefit barrel nut like count? Oh, they'll, they'll, go nu- they'll go nuts. They'll go nuts. Yeah. There's just no way. They'll go nuts. So yeah. I like as a as a new company, like we've had to have that conversation every day, every week, um, learning more, f- looking that straight on. 
And one of the one of the big questions in this industry is always like, what are your tolerances? And that, and again, that's going back to like the factory days where things were coming out and there were so many variations. And there are variables depending on you know temperature of the day, when the metals run, all these type of things. But the hope is that with a custom action, you're getting way less variables, right? Tolerances are tight. You can you know that if you're ordering uh, a prefit or you're going to shoulder a barrel on that you don't have to you're not going to run into any crazy head spacing issues so with us and again we, this is where we kind of took like i guess you'd call it like a hybrid approach to that kind of paradigm and mo like a lot of great actions out there have an integral recoil lug yep. ours does not it has a pin recoil lug, but with this, we are able to basically any thousands of an inch that comes up short, we can make up that with the corresponding recoil lug. So every action that comes out of our factory is measured, checked, and then given the corresponding recoil lug just to make up that, you know, thousands yeah. of an inch difference. Um, so we can actually say on our 10 inspects that we are you know, within 0 0.001, like, yeah. But so again, that's now that, tensions too with like the hunting side, because they may not want things that tight. So you're just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's kind of nice to do that because there are some, some people out there don't understand manufacturing, right? Yeah. There are, like you said, there's so many variables, right? You know, and I, I it, it's so funny when you hear someone like, it could be a car. It could be whatever. Like this is the worst thing in the world. You know, this is the worst car, worst pistol, worst yeah. rifle, worst, worst scope. It's like you do realize that in manufacturing there is there is a certain amount of reject, right? Because you can't control every single variable every single time the exact same way. No. Even if you were baking a cookie, there's a difference, right? Oh, yeah. Mm, um, and that's what I, that's what I kind of like about where you're, you're talking about with that recoil look yeah. where you're like, okay, cool. Well, this one is just a hair, you know, we, we need just a hair more or yeah. this one we need, you make it up, you're done, you roll out. And then when it gets to the customer that they can expect that spec. Sure. Yeah. And they get it. Yep. Yeah. They, if they ask for the 10 inspects, um, then yeah like it's it's gonna be and we, we'll just track every serial number and like if they're like something's just not within the four thousands or whatever they need um we can easily make that up as well so yeah it's it's been kind of a way around that again it doesn't mitigate the other kind of concepts about right. in, in, integral lug versus non-integral recoil lug but it does help the sort of it makes us feel a little bit schizophrenic because we we do want the consumers to just take our like take this world that is incredibly modular um and get to know it like i'm a i love riding motorbikes and you know one of the things of anyone who rides a long time they know like the one of the best parts about riding is like intimately knowing your bike so if it breaks yeah. down you got the you feel just, like, you got the feel of everything yeah. yeah, you just you know you know every tick, you know every like little noise, you know what's not right. Um, you know, and most motorbikes come with like a little kit of tools, and there's this con concept of like, if 
I could go on a long trip and whatever happens, I could potentially fix this thing with like a little kit. Um, so just, just that idea of intimately knowing one's rifle. Um, but I, we, we're not necessarily, the people we chat with aren't actually necessarily there yet. Most of them still are in that side of like, I trust my gunsmith, which like we, we value that because there are some epic gunsmiths that just like their mind is like so attuned to detail and attention to the, to the final product and they test it. And, but yeah, I mean, if people understood where technology is at or where it's going, um, I think they would embrace just the simplicity of it. You got a stock or a chassis, a trigger, a barrel, and an action. Um, like what else do you need? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and in theory, people are probably listening going, yeah, that's like, that's sure you could put something together, but does it shoot? Um, and is it consistent? And that's where historically, I think there was a struggle there, but we're moving closer and closer to where like, it, this is, and again, this is not to push out gunsmiths or rifle builders. There will always be a place for them, but, I think there's going to be this, you know, there is actually a huge increase in people wanting to just do it themselves and learn. Well, um, you're, you're getting a, a um, you're getting an educated consumer at that point. Right. I mean, I, in the, this industry, like if you're spending, you know, upwards of for the full kit, like anywhere between three and 5,000 or up, there's, probably going to be somewhat educated (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean and that's the thing is you know one of the one of my my core philosophies as a a, you know as a youtuber and a content creator and a podcaster is is, you know my the the motto that i come i i had come wow you can tell it's a monday that we're recording this (laughs) Um, one of the uh one of the philosophies I have is that modern gun owners are more educated gun owners, right? I mean, yes, yeah. modern, there are people out there just going to, they're going to buy this and then, um, you know, they're going to, you know, use it whenever. But yeah, I mean, let, let's face it, YouTube University is kind of a thing, right? Um, yeah. I mean, people are learning uh, and, and, you know, I have gunsmithing content on my channel. So I, I, I know because I see I see the hits on the videos when I do things. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting to watch people go, you know, they, they're starting to engage into the gun. What can I do with this? OK, can I tweak this? Can I do this myself? And then yeah. it's so funny watching the comments also in the videos because there are whole chats inside a, inside a video of we'll do this, do that. And it, it's so fun to watch that ecosphere kind of start. Yeah, yeah, and that's where I love products like yours, where it's like, you know, people can start going. Well, um, I got the action, but I can't afford like really a top end barrel, but I can change it later, right? Mm-hmm. Myself, because sure, yeah. there's there's so many videos and so much information out there on how to change a savage barrel. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's not hard. It's not hard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, our one of our primary goals and visions and sort of mindsets towards this is is just to, in any way, get more people interested in the sport and have more people shooting custom rifles. Um, so again, feeling that conflict between the two sort of camps, um, I think both camps can agree. 
like the end goal is is more people enjoying shooting. <laughs> Slapping steel at a thousand yards is is an incredible experience. A lot of a lot of people haven't necessarily, you know, pushed their limits that way. Like you were saying, chat. We, I mean, we take clients out, our friends all the time, and they're like, "Yeah, my personal records like a hundred yards." It's like prepare to have that completely shattered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My mine is. Uh... Let's see. Uh, I'm trying to think. On two two on two two three, it's about 300 yards. On 308, it's about six. I think 650. Okay. Um, and that's where I'm starting to get into. Like for me, it's that was. I, I'm a pistol. I like to say I'm a pistol guy that wants to be a rifle guy. <laughs> um, the the thing is, is that over the years, the right the rifle guy has has been coming out and le- less of the pistol. So now we're starting to play with things where uh you know i just had a, a friend of mine who was in oregon uh no oregon no, he's down in vegas yeah um that he's just like he sent me a he's he got a break from a, co- a conference he was down there and he's just like i just hit steel at 1600 i'm like <laughs> oh, i yeah. can't see that far yeah i can't <laughs> um, see that far yeah yeah so Hey, he's like, your, your, he's like, your next hey, question should be, it was how big is the target? Cause well, you know. well, my, he, he's like, <laughs> he, I was like, why well, he's also, he also fishes too. So, okay. um, so I go, yeah. So was it, was it really 1600 yards or was that really yep. 25? Right. Yep, it's like the go. fish story. I caught a fish this big. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I want to see the proof, but yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if I go out there, if, you know, if I go out there with a four by eight sheet of, you know, AR 500, it's pretty, it's pretty easy. Yeah, I could probably, yeah. I could bring that steel too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and again, if most guys who have a, like their finger on the pulse on this side of the industry know like ELR extreme long range is yeah. like sort of the next frontier and what's happening um, over, I can't remember who the guys were who just broke like 4.2 miles yeah, like it, historically, you know, you're shooting multiple shots, just lobbing shots. But now there's actually some intentionality and it's not taking, you know, 60 shots. It's taking maybe five shots and then you're on target. And it's just it's incredible. Um, yeah. well, it's like, so, yeah, we were talking before about the connection between uh, Pristine and it's through uh, a, a buddy of mine, Derek Streeter. Yeah. Um, who's. Uh, for everybody watching, it's uh, his nor- Northwest Guns, which he should change the name since he's now now down in Arizona. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, I remember when Derek went out to King of the Mile, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, you, to me, it's like doing the math mm. for a one mile shot is that's a lot of math. I mean, people, <laughs> it's not you just yeah, don't yeah. grab that rifle, put yeah. it on some sandbags, squeeze a trigger, yeah. and there it is. I mean, you're, you're starting to figure, you know, just because the wind is going this direction here, doesn't mean downrange. It's not going the other direction. Sure. Or yeah, yeah. there's a hill that's changed. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, which, which yeah. is really cool. But yeah, when they start, you know, and then you're hearing that there's, you know, you have King of the mile, then there's King of two mile. Yeah. I'm like, man, where, where does it end? And now, yeah. Over four <laughs> now miles. Four. Yeah. 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 It's just like, yeah. It's it's a race to see how far yeah, yeah. we can push something. Yeah. 
yeah i think it's i think it's cool and it's healthy and it's happening fast like there's a there's increase in technology especially in the dope charting worlds um, there's apps like applied ballistics and things that pair with your kestrel that pair with your scope that pair with your rangefinder like you're getting dope readings you're getting environmentals there's products coming out that are taking external um weather data so you're getting not just yeah. you know you're not just getting weather this is the temperature you are. this is the temperature humidity yeah and then no, down you're getting there, weather it's... at like yeah. where the target is which has always been like a it could be different <laughs> there yeah. could be things in between which i don't know how they'll figure that out but um yeah it, it'll it'll make you know your average shooter a good shot but it'll make your good shooters feel like they need to keep pushing and i think that's natural and that's the history of every good technology and i think um it's exciting it's exciting to see like i can't remember their names but they just um yeah they just nailed that that record yeah for shooting and it's just, yeah, awesome 4.4 yeah, miles away 4.4 yeah 4. yeah wyoming team i'm just reading it right now yeah uh, i was down in wyoming yeah. Uh, yeah. 4.4 miles. Wyoming team sets new rifle shot world record. Uh, from pull a trigger, roughly 24 seconds elapsed before the spotters heard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's insane. Like almost it's insane. half a minute. Yeah. I mean, that's just sitting there thinking, yeah. did I hit? <laughs> um, yeah. For, they were shooting a 416 Barrett cartridge. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, that's just um, yeah. The previous record of four miles was set in 2020. So I mean, yeah. if you figure it's 2020, three years later, yeah. they're now almost a half mile out yeah. from the previous record. Oh, it's it's speeding up. And again, I think to circle back to one of our what we were talking about earlier is like the factory world. They know they know this is coming. Like if you if you look at what Weatherby just launched, their first new action in what was like 50 years, the uh, custom yeah. 307, I think it's called. That's a, I mean, that's a unapologetic attempt. <laughs> I mean, even in their advertising, <laughs> they're calling, they're saying, buy this whole build. And of course, it's like a, it's a modular chassis. I'm pretty sure they're using MDT. Um, it's a custom rifle and they're saying buy this for less than the cost of some other action like custom action companies um i saw that on instagram and i almost felt like saying like hey we're a custom <laughs> like we're yeah. the custom action that's you know potentially more than their your full build and but again it's just going to push us it's going to push the industry um to well, to make custom worth it um yeah competition's healthy yeah. Yeah. Competition's healthy because, yeah. you know, if we didn't have that competition, nothing, we wouldn't have a 4.4 mile shot. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, let's start just, you know, it, it helps you push a, yeah. a product. It's like, you know, they wouldn't have changed their product if there wasn't a market for it. Right. Oh, they, there's which a market. Was, there's which a market. was, which was built yeah. by other companies like Pristine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, no, we're just oh. we're we're just in the feast right now. Like I think the you, you got to give so much shout out to like the PRS industry is this whole 
side of yeah. what's happening and it's just growing in paces that I don't think any of them expected. Um, there's something like 24,000 registered shooters. Now, again, the, the top, the top tier is still a smaller community. Um, but they're like celebrities now, like Austin Bushman yeah. and these guys are just, <laughs> yeah, everybody yeah. wants, wants what they have. Um, and they're, um, those are wonderful products, foundation, impact, lone peaks, like great actions out there pushes guys like us to kind of find our niche, be really good in our niche, our press for something like that. And we actually haven't been too big on the PRS scene yet. And we're only a year and a half old. So we're, we are, we're sort of wading into that and seeing where our place should be in that. But, but that's, so that's, think about it. yeah. For, you're, you're talking about, you know, it's a young company. Yeah. But even being a young company, the product that came out, it's a very refined product. I mean, usually you hear yeah. young companies. It's like okay, there's they're still working things out. No, you guys. No, no, yeah. You guys hit the ground running. Yeah, yeah. That's one of one of our strengths was you know you got two brothers who are deep in the manufacturing side of the firearms industry, see a space for another action, um, and then spend you know ton of. Um, resources, time, effort into research and development, um, two years of just testing and looking at different variables um, and then launching at SHOT Show 2022. It's been, yeah, it's been a year and a half of just one product, um, <laughs> which is kind of weird to be part of a business that does well with just one product. But we, you know, we offer variances um, we offer parts and obviously our product is diverse in the sense of we span all the short action calibers, well, most of them. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're excited to actually announce that we're, we're, we're in the final stages of our long action. So a whole new I was action. Gonna, I was going to, I was yeah. going to ask you that because you only have short actions and yeah, long, you, you only have half the, you only have half, yeah. half the game there. Yeah, especially for the hunting side of things, and again, those really long ranges. Like our long action is going to be, um, yeah, it's it's done. It's just in the we're making sure it's tested and getting feedback. So now that we have friends in the industry, we send them the action, and this is part of yeah. just our one of part of our ethos is to like take constructive criticism and just keep adapting, keep building. Um, but again, that's hard to navigate with the myriad of opinions in this industry. Yes. But it's like similar with what you were saying. Some of your listeners, they they trust you. And that's where really this is coming down to is like there isn't necessarily one voice. There, there's a couple that kind of transcend. But generally speaking, um, the average consumer is they've got a few people they trust. And that's that's where they're going to go. Um, they're going to listen to them. So. And, you know, that's kind of important for a product. That's important to have trust from your yeah. customers. Yeah. It's, oh, it's really massive. nice. It's massive. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> what's nice is that those customers are the ones that are going to tell you yeah. what, what you need to do as, as yeah, a yeah. product. And yeah. it's the, and that's the, that's the nice thing about a custom product. Whereas, you know, standard manager, do you think Remington really cared what the hunters thought? No, they're, yeah. crank, they're cranking out so many 
hundreds of thousands of rifles. Yeah. That's that's their game. Mass yeah. production. Well, this is what I don't really understand and you know, I'd love comments if there's even people who like understand if they're working in the industry on the factory level, like what what is their how is their marketing PR team going to get around kind of the just the concepts about what it what factory is versus custom which is like they do not necessarily have customer service they do not necessarily have a ton of trust in the industry they do not necessarily have attention to detail and again those are huge things when you're working with a small custom action manufacturer (laughs) well and one of the things that drives me nuts um is we have companies who have you know we'll say large manufacturers who have custom shops and those on the audio side i'm using air quotes <laughs> yeah, yeah um they have you know you have the custom shops and they're most custom shops are like you know i'm thinking right now i'm going to think of the pistol world it's like hey we got this really awesome revolvers came through the custom shop it's got some different grips we lasered etched it and now you have like a ventilated rib barrel yeah Okay, but w- other than the the looks, mm-hmm. what's custom about it? And it's not. It's the same no. pistol. Yeah, yeah. It's the same barrel. It's just they got a different shroud that they put around yeah. it. Well, in fact, it's sometimes too much attention to aesthetics can actually hamper the the actual product. Yeah. Um, just the vibrations and harmonics, and there's there's a lot of things that go into why a product is the way it is. Hopefully, um, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. it's funny. I had a, um, uh, I, I guess it was about a year ago. I did it. I was out. I, I built an AR. It, I was testing out a, a, a rifle kit for a company, and uh, I did a video. And then I got a chance to shoot some um, high foot, uh, high speed footage while I was shooting it. So yeah. I was uh, that footage. I think was like 960 frames per second, um, which is super fast, and. Um, what's so funny is people had, you know, some people have heard of barrel harmonics. Some people think it's a myth. Yeah. That half a second video that got taken because you know, at at that speed, I can only film for like, it's like 0.6 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. It caught the barrel harmonics. Yeah. yeah. So people who think it's a myth, what, I don't understand why they would think that. I I think, I think it's ignorance. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a, I think it's just ignorance. They're just yeah. like that. I can't bend this barrel. Doesn't sure. Mean it yeah. Doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, yeah. if you, if you, if, even if you've just gone through just standard physics in yeah. high school, yeah, you're going to yeah. understand harmonics and things like that. That yeah. you know, you'll have a, you'll have a node and something's going to flex and stuff like that. But that's yeah. when I did that, and people are like, your barrel. Your barrel's bad. No, it's it's harmonic. That's the barrel harmonics. Yeah, that you're saying, yes, yeah. it's a 16 inch two two three barrel, and yes, that is just the harmonics of it. You're yeah. just, it's moving ever so slightly, but at 960 frames per second, I have a lot of, it. you can see it. That's really a lot cool. Of information. That must have been a lot of fun. Uh, that was. I will tell you, it took me a long time to get that shot. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a I think it I think it was about 20 I think about 20 or 20 I think it was like 23 shots before okay. I finally got 
yeah, the, yeah. the harmonics. Because I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I, let's do it. Because you yeah. know, it, nothing's cooler than high speed footage, right? It's true. Um, yeah. Because it's like, I, I I literally have a remote. It's a Bluetooth remote, and my my in my camera. It was my cell phone, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it is the remote. I could, I was holding the remote. And I can't hit the thumb and, you know, I'm trying to figure this thing, you know, how to yep. hit the thing. And, um, eventually I, <laughs> I took a nine millimeter because I have a reloader. I took a nine millimeter bullet and crazy glued it to the button <laughs> and I put it on the ground. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. With my left foot, yeah, I'm yeah. stepping on it. And yeah. I know that when I, I feel the click and yeah. I know if I let up, I got to squeeze the trigger. Yeah. It, yeah. It, t- it took a while to get that one, but yeah, it's, um but yeah sounds like you need a partner someone in your uh yeah in your world's yeah, gotta come come help it, the road banshee either that i just need a um i just need a twelve thousand dollar five speed yeah yeah <laughs> yeah oh no, um, yeah but no it was, so, it was so cool but yeah i mean that's the thing is when you're talking about harmonics it, it, it's funny you say that it makes sense to me but i didn't even think about it until you said that that, yeah, yeah you, when you start putting that stuff on, you can, you can start screwing up the accuracy. Yeah, if you're doing things wrong. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm also endlessly fascinated just with the, like, some may suggest there's quite a bit of saturation in the market, but I think, just again, this is a fresh eyes perspective. I think that's true in one regard, but in another sense, there's actually just. Uh, a really healthy amount of options to try to find what what pairs well what what marries yeah. well um and you can look at like you know the prs rankings it'll tell you like this is what you know these are what these guys are shooting and that that is that is selling but they're also probably not trying a whole bunch of other stuff so it's just yeah. You know, it's it's getting exciting what what potentially could be coming and sort of the endless well, opportunities and potential. Um, the the nice thing about competition shooting is you have a proving ground of some things. Yeah. The problem with competition shooting, especially when you start getting into those higher echelons, these are sponsored shooters. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. right. So they're yeah. only going to shoot this action with this barrel, right? Yeah. Because this action's paying for their travel, and this barrel is paying their you know their fee. Yeah. Um, so you, you, it, it's, it's almost, it, it's kind of detrimental at the same time. It's helpful because you get to test stuff out. It's detrimental yeah. because they don't get to shoot something else. So that's, they might like, they we've sent some of these guys actions just to, we know they're not going to use it, but we're like, just tell us what you think. And a lot of them are like, yep, this is my new hunting rig or like whatever. Um, they'll give us good feedback, but yeah, when it comes to the public light, generally, um, they don't necessarily want to, right? They'll just, they have their build. But again, that's, that's pointing towards an interesting insight into like the professional competitive um, PRS shooter is they, they intimately just know their rifle. Um, yeah. And that's, What's... that's, that's all we're advocating for. It's like, that's why I don't really like the term kitchen table gunsmithing or gun Lego because it sounds more, pedantic or just like simple yeah it's like no we're, we're advocating that the consumer the shooter just like knows how to deal with the variables of their rifle and can fix something on the fly or can um, understand 
the harmonics are anything just 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 to know it <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, and that's what's so nice to see that progression um i yep. love seeing that people are getting involved in it they're having discuss they want to know you know they want to know what to do more what they can do more well, that's really bad uh what more <laughs> they can do to the rifle um, yeah Sorry, I had like like five hours of sleep last night. <laughs> my Man. day job, really, yeah, my day job kept me busy for for a little bit. Um, but it's one of the things is you know we're starting we're starting to see that education come in. There's they're now getting interested in things. They start yep. seeing things. They're doing their own research. There's forums they're going to. They're asking good questions. Um, they're learning. They're testing. They're then go. This worked for me. This didn't work for me. And then you know. The other thing is they start learning about their loads, you know, because you, you got one camp that's like, okay, well, I got this barrel yeah. and this rifle and yeah. it's supposed to be like this, but I'm not yeah. getting that accuracy. And then they start learning, well, what ammo are you using? Are you loading your own ammo? How are you yeah. loading? What's your, what's your recipe? And then and there's a whole new world that suddenly it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it was like, honestly, you know, it's, it's, it's actually hard to, pick apart importance like if you were to create a hierarchy between um barrel action and ammunition it's actually quite difficult to say which is more more important <laughs> yeah um All right pr probably something like barrel action ammo but in the same respect like some people have, you know if you google what's an action they'll say like the heart of the rifle so most people are like the action is the most important thing. And again, I'm just, I'm just a advocating for this. It's actually really fun. This I'll say this, I know we're getting close on our time, but it's just, it's been really cool to be part of an industry that nobody, there's nothing about our product that people can, other than it being a really cool paperweight, like people have, <laughs> we, we have to partner with people. Like we, yeah. people have to, we have to engage with other products. So it's just been, it's been delightful to be part of an industry and a, yeah, a niche product that actually purposely forces us to like get to know other barrel companies, get to know chassis companies, stock companies, trigger companies, which there aren't that many trigger companies. So that's been interesting. Um, yeah, well, like it's, it's yeah. funny because we were talking, we were talking before we started recording. Um, you know, I started talking about, uh, the, you know, I had the, Gosh, I just had it right here too. Uh, you know, on my shot show badge, I got the the pristine actions. Um, yeah, it's gonna drive me nuts because I know it's floating around here somewhere. I just <laughs> had it. Um, uh, there it is. There it is. You know, when I started walking around with that, and then I got, you know, I met uh, Chip Honeycutt from Wooks, and yeah. got talking with him, and then you know, their their sales director, she had just built off of one of your actions. She's like. Yeah, I just built one of those actions and put yeah. it into our chassis. And it was like, it's like, it's so cool to see that. And your company, you know, at the time was even younger. You know, it was, yep. well, six months younger than it is now. So it was only a year older. Oh, yeah. um, so it, it's so cool to see that, you know, it, you already had a chassis manufacturer. Her personal rifle is one of your actions. So she yep. went out and chose your action. So, it's cool to start seeing the progression that's someone's already talking about, you know, Wilkes was on uh, the podcast a month ago yep. and just talking to them. They're just like, this is, you know, 
they're like, bring it, you know, yep. it, bring us something new. This is, this is awesome. Yeah. We're, and we're again, gonna, that, that honestly, that relationship was as simple as like, it, it's just such a fun thing to make those calls. Like yeah. to be like, we need each other. There's no, there's no, it, it's, yeah. it's automatically like, how can we collab? Is the collaboration just like shout out or like just kind of talking about, or do we want to swap products and see how things fit, do some media stuff. And it's just, it's just, it's just awesome. It's endless. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've really enjoyed it. Um, and I think that happens on the PRS side of things. And it, 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 there's different kind of fields in which this is happening. Um, for sure happens on the hunting side of things because everybody's counting ounces, right? They're just yeah. going, how lightweight can I get? But yeah, it's been an honor. It's it's yeah. great to be on your podcast and like even these partnerships, yeah. right? Like we've got to well, get you doing something. a, uh, you've got to, we got to get your stuff on YouTube, like a right, uh, your first bolt action video. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because, um, so I've been planning this video, but you know, I've been planning a 700 build for over a year. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's eventually going to happen. The, the problem I have with YouTube is fitting it all around their narrow guidelines of what I can do and can't oh, do yeah. and say, yeah. can't say. but I, I've spent the last two years poking and prodding at it. And I think I finally found my path. Hmm. And now it's kind of like, now it's time to start building because um, I got a new, I got a new barrel vise. Um, just pulled a, a barrel off of, a, actually it was a Winchester 94. Um, nice. That is, a, it's a, for those, those that have been watching the podcast have heard that there's some new type of content coming uh, that is in there. Uh, there's going to be a sneak peek of that barrel, uh, uh, another barrel coming off, off of another rifle. But yeah, anyways, we're starting to work this thing out and there's definitely going to be a 700 build in there. Um, I've already decided it's going to be a 308 just because I shoot 308. Yeah, um, easy. But there's, that's not to say that that 308 will not suddenly become a 6.5 one day. Right? <laughs> well, you don't need to change <laughs> the bolt, yeah. bolt face for the that. The bolt so. head or anything. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's just. It's a it's a barrel swap, to, uh, you know, headspace, yep. uh, redope the rifle, and go. Um, so no, it's it's definitely I'm looking forward to doing that because um, I like doing the gunsmithing content. It's just what yeah. I like. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to that because people you know, watch I, it too. I, like how to is still a massive part of like we've been is. thinking about a video which was just like kind of your average Joe. Um, doing a build again appealing to that sort of more consumer side of things yeah it would be a great video i mean you're not average as far as your te I, uh, techniques and have, like skills go so it's a little different but have, if you if you put yourself in yeah maybe put the well, mindset of like well what would you know what would like an average kind of well that's person... the thing is when i do uh, that was basically how the channel was formed was under the um, the average, how would the average person take this gun apart? Cause when I started the channel, I was still, I was still an FFL and I was doing Cerakote work Yeah, and it drove me nuts when you go like, well, how do I take this gun apart to do it? And it's like, you watch a YouTube video. And it's like, okay, now we're going to, it's done. Like, yeah, what, what, 
what the hell was that? Um, yeah. What did you? And then, um, yeah, it was just I, I changed all that around. That you know, I got camera angle, multi camera. A, 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 yeah, it took me a while to get the the style down. But no, it, and that's what I was looking at was is how do we start doing this content for people? And then it, what's really nice is with the Savage Barrel system. Yeah, it just becomes it. it, it for me as a content creator, it makes that so much easier to do. Yeah. But for the, it also makes it so much easier for the average person to do. Cause now we're not talking about heavy duty. Um, you know, I have a new action. You know, I told you I have a new uh, barrel vice. Mm-hmm. I don't need that barrel vice to do a savage action. Action. No. Uh, savage no. action. Or not savage. <laughs> savage barrel. I got, yeah, I got, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got yeah. actions and access and all that. But yeah, you <laughs> don't need. You don't need heavy duty equipment. I mean, if no. I wanted to, I mean, if I put the rice, vice blocks on this real avid vice, you know, yeah, this, uh, yeah, you could do it. This will do. This will do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Torque, um, torque specking is a big, big part. Yeah. Like I personally didn't have the like proper torque wrenches, but like that's a tool that's you know has multi use. So convince the wife it's okay and. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, you're going to change tires on your car anyway, right? <laughs> well, torque right? wrench, but the there's also need... like there's some other there's the torque screwdriver too. Yeah. That that one's a little like, do I okay? I need this for the <laughs> chassis and stuff. But... <laughs> yeah, I've got. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at uh, three torque screwdrivers. Right there. there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I've got I've got a, I've got a few. Um, yeah. But yeah, but those are those are things. It's not pro- it's not really cost prohibitive. It just it's it's tools you start to collect. Um, yeah. If you're know, if you're a kinetic it, guy, if you hands on person, like if that's the kind yeah. of thing you like doing, I mean, it's it's honestly, people will be shocked how easy it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, well, anyways, we've been rolling for an hour now. Um, awesome. How can people find? your uh you know uh, pristine actions because you have and, and for everybody either watching or listening we'll have all the links down in the description so if you're driving you know home from work and you listen to this on the audio side don't try to write this stuff down just come back to the podcast the description the link will yeah, be yeah. right there yeah so uh unless you're driving tesla um yeah you can, driving, find us, yeah. you can find us you can find us at shootpristine.com. so that's a website that's um, it's going to be updated, but most of our information's on there. Uh, you can also email us at sales at pristineactions.com. Uh, you can email me, joe at pristineactions.com. Um, you can find us on social media. Uh, Instagram is pristine actions. Facebook is shoot pristine. Uh, we also do have YouTube. I believe that's shoot pristine. Let me just check. Um, we don't have a ton of videos on there, but um we have how to change the bolt head and stuff like that so that's that's nice um just trying to remember that handle yeah it's pristine actions yep um that's basically it i mean find come find us at trade shows we're starting to go to more and more um we got a opportunity to present a rifle to donald trump jr and beginning of september nice. it's super random <laughs> uh, uh <laughs> yeah who, who he loves he loves going to, sh- to shot show too 
Yeah, yeah, I know. It's this, this, whatever this convention is that we're connected through in Tennessee is like some sort of big NRA, like, I don't know, hangout where they just, yeah, wealthy gun owners, yeah. I guess, across America. Um, it's, yeah. it's probably, it's, it's probably they do, they do that. And that's where they get all their money for the uh, donations out of. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, on, this, most people I've run into so far in this industry, again, this is a fresh eyes thing. It's, it's the most down to earth, like awesome people. Um, almost too nice in a way. Like there's, there's quite a bit of like, yeah, we'll, we'll do this. We'll get this. This is awesome. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, lead times, which we didn't get into, but that's another big problem in the industry right now. Um, that we, again, we're trying to mitigate. So if anyone wants to order an action from us, part of the um, way, ways we scale economy is that we try to keep lead times low. So you're looking at five okay. to 10 days again. That's not, that's not bad. That's, actually I mean, that's, that's, bad. that's normal. It's what it should be. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. in comparison, to give you a comparison, like I won't say names, but other action companies, you're looking about 18 months. Um, so yeah, over a year. Yeah. Barrels are a really big problem right now. And um, yeah, we're also trying to mitigate that. So we have a partnership with some barrel companies, one out of awesome. St. Helens. So that's another offering we're doing, barreled actions. So that's even easier, right? Your action comes barreled and then you just throw a trigger and a chassis on, pick your scope and Bob's your uncle. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah. for joining us. Uh, of course. I want to just wrap up real quick with a uh, yeah. with a speed round. So we just kind of Questions. loosen things up. Let's do it. So for hearing protection, earmuffs or suppressor? Earmuffs. You take earmuffs over suppressor. Wait. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh so six five Creedmoor or three oh eight. <laughs> oh man. Well six five Creedmoor. Six five? Yeah. Okay. No problem. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna change things up to you since we've been talking about rifles for so much. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll switch we'll switch to pistols. You're talking yeah. to a Canadian, so I, I know, I know, I know. All this stuff is restricted for you, and yeah, they just all, banned all. No, it's, all, all it's the not pistols. just restricted; it's banned. Yeah, it's banned. Yeah. So, but but you went to Range Day, so you know you can see see this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Glock, Glock, or Sig? Uh, I'm 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 a Sig fan. Yeah, You're a Sig yeah. fan. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I would, not like a Sig fanboy, but I'm a. Yeah, I like their product. Yeah. Okay. And then let's see here for the, the last one. What do we want to do? Let's switch up to shotguns. So awesome. pump action, pump action or break action? Pump. Pump? Yeah. All right. And, yeah, this, yeah. and this is the, and here's the question I warned you about. It has already been approved by, by all the government agencies in Canada. Okay. But I, I'm going to take you to the world's largest building, right? The biggest warehouse. And inside sure. this warehouse has one of anything that has ever thrown a projectile. It could be from Dennis the Menace's slingshot all the way up to the deck guns off the USS Missouri. Okay. And you get to have one. 
It's yours. You get to walk out. Walk off. Well, some some of you might be dragging off with a tow truck or you know maybe a crane, but you get to have one. What are you walking off with? Let me let me understand the question. So there's there's some sort of like weapon in this warehouse. And, no, there's one. Oh. There's one of anything that has ever thrown a projectile. <laughs> okay, it could, it could be a yeah, spud yeah. gun. I mean, it, it could be a spud yeah, gun. Yeah. It could be a slingshot. Yeah. It could, it could be yeah. an Uzi or a can a one <laughs> howitzer one fifty five. If it has ever shot a projectile, it's in there. Yeah. Well, my mind is going to Legacy's bow, like from Lord of the Rings, but I. <laughs> But I want to actually it would be very cool to uh, to actually see like an old cannon, an Just, old can like an old yeah. like an old Civil War cannon. Yeah, yeah. You will. I will tell you. You'll be the first person to pick a cannon. I would be the first. Well, well. Let me put it this way. I'll change change that. You will be the first person to pick what we would actually consider a cannon. There are some people who have picked. Um, what we would call a cannon, but is really um, a gun off of an aircraft. But, yeah, I thought about uh, that too. <laughs> I'm not to be to be honest. I just I, I'm not a. I didn't have like a fanboy answer of something. I've never thought of that question, so I loved it. I think the right answer is a pristine action. Is what I would a pristine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, you can walk <laughs> off with that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, no, I've, I, I, that's I've a had, cool question. I've, I've had I've had twice. Uh, so uh, the Gal Eight was selected. So the Gal Eight is the uh, is the uh, Gatling gun that's in the front of the A10 Warthog. Right. That, so um, one one person said they wanted the Gal Eight. The other person said they wanted the Gal Eight because they build the aircraft around a gun, so they have to give him the aircraft too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Love he's it. a pilot. Yeah. yeah. But. Uh, but no, it's it, it's it's always fun to ask that question because you have no idea where someone will go with the answer. I had um, one time it was the um, it was the uh, oh I forget what they call it. it was the it was the gun from the movie Aliens, uh, the machine oh, yeah. gun from Aliens. Yeah, yeah. Because he's like, I think they actually built it, so I want I want, that's what I want. And, and meanwhile, behind yeah, him, yeah. he had the poster for Aliens Two and Aliens Three in his office. That is epic. There's actually a kit you can buy, and this is probably what I would take. It's it's John Wick's crate. It's I think Taron, oh. like who those guys out of California put it on. So you get like their handguns and the, his shotgun, and you get a pencil that has blood on it, like fake blood, and just it's hilarious. And like gold coins, but it just yeah, looks I like can, it. Yeah, I can see him doing that just because. Well, he, that's where. That's where Keanu Reeves trained. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, a lot of his guns ended up into the movies. Yeah, um, yeah, you yeah, should check it out. It's cool like too. a, it's a pretty sweet kit. <laughs> awesome. Great question, great question. Yeah. Well, anyways, man, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us today. We really appreciate you coming yeah. on, and um, it's great to get word out about this action because everybody, trust me. It is the smoothest action that I have ever felt. Yeah, um, come on. It is just like, yeah. It. I swear, if I had an action like you had on your desk, it would be my fidget spinner for my day. That's job. why I have it. Yeah. 
I just all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we have a kind of a running tally of like people either say it's smooth as ice or smooth as butter. So, um, we'll, we'll see what you say. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Try it out. So, this has been a ton of fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. It was a great conversation with Joe. I really appreciate him jumping on the podcast. It was super cool to talk to them at SHOT Show and just play with that action. It is really smooth. It's got to be one of the smoothest actions I've ever seen in any gun. Go check them out. Now for the product of the podcast, it is the AR Builder Board. Now I just got this thing in. I really wish I had this when I was doing the AR-15 class at Freedom Crew University so I could show the new people how to, you know, lay this stuff out. So that way your parts are not rolling around on your bench. And uh, if you're a new person, you don't really know what these parts are. Now, this thing is super cool. I really wish I'd come up with this idea because it's so simple. And I don't know why somebody hasn't come up with it until now. And what's cool about this thing is, is you also get a laminated card with the parts. So if you're thinking about start building ARs and you just don't know what you're doing, number one, take my class over at Freedom Crew University. And number two, check out the builder board because this thing will help you out with just learning what all these parts are. Super cool product, have a link down below. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, click that video right there. That is about banking on ammo. It's a podcast I did a little while ago, and I think you're really gonna like it. For everybody else, link is down below. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there. Look forward to talking to you again soon.